Hello, Virold. This is Nick, and welcome to the Abroadcast Podcast, episode number five. As a quick reminder, please remember to like and subscribe to this podcast's page on Facebook to keep in the loop for all sorts of episode updates and pictures and all sorts of goodies. So let's jump right into it. This week was the second week of classes. Things are getting a little bit more difficult. We're not really playing around anymore. We're really getting down to the classwork and all the real materials. So it's getting a little bit more challenging, but I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to working hard and seeing what I can do. So that took up the majority of my week, as you can probably imagine. Of course, there were a couple parties over the weekend and a little bit during the week, and those were, of course, fun, but it was mostly classes this week. I really, really like my astrodynamics professor. Don't get me wrong, I like my professors, but this guy is really really, really good. He teaches the first half of the class for the first half of the quarter, and he's from the United States. He really gets you interested in the topic. Like, I'm taking astrodynamics because it transfers back as a college credit for an undergraduate class at my home university, Iowa State. But this guy really gets you excited to really work on astrodynamics. He gets you really, really excited. He's funny. He's got a dry sense of humor. It's really, really funny. He's witty. He puts great lectures together. He's very entertaining, and he really holds your attention well. Fantastic. And you can tell he's crazy smart. He's wicked smart. Aerodynamics is going pretty well. It's a little bit tricky because the lectures are kind of a review of the textbook, which is a different kind of a concept for me, but I'm getting there. And gas dynamics is going to be tough. It is tough. You know, all I can do is buckle down, get the work done, do the best I can, and see what happens. Everything else is out of my control. So that's the plan. So that's basically been the week, is just studying and housekeeping here and there, grocery shopping, doing laundry, you know, adulting, if you will. But this weekend was a riot. On Friday, there was a party on the floor. I told myself, I'm going to go to bed early tonight. Well, of course that didn't happen because we were having such a good time. I met a ton of people. I met another American student actually there. I've met a ton of people. And that's the greatest thing here is everybody wants to connect because everybody's an international student that I've run into tons of international students here and everybody just wants to meet somebody else. I've been here for a month and I'm still going to parties and I'm still meeting new people that I've never seen from countries that I haven't met any other people from or very few. So for example, I met a few more people from Sweden at this last party. I only knew one or two Swedes before that and there were five Swedes at this party. So you meet a ton of people anywhere and everywhere, especially parties because everybody's so Socializing, but anyway, you know, it's it hit me that I've been here for a month now, which is crazy because where did the time go? I feel like I just got on the airplane. But speaking of friends, on Thursday, we played this game in my kitchen. We had a bunch of people over and we played this game. I had never seen it before. The game is you write down the name of somebody on a piece of 
of paper. It could be anybody that other people would know. So it could be a friend of yours, it could be a celebrity, it could be a politician, it could be a cartoon character, anything. And they fold it up and they put it in this central pile and then everybody grabs a piece of paper and then you grab a sheet of paper. Obviously, you don't choose the one that you wrote, you choose somebody else's and you put it on your forehead and you don't look at it, but you get to see everybody else's. And so you try to figure out who you are, the name on the sheet of paper on your forehead by asking yes or no questions. And so you keep asking questions until you get a response, no. Then you stop and it's the next person. And you keep going until somebody's last. So we played this game with about 10 people the first time. So I got mine and I start looking around to see who everybody else had and I saw my name on a bunch of people's cards. Four of the people wrote my name down on the cards. I don't know, I just found that interesting. I wasn't sure how I should take that, but they were all laughing. They thought it was hilarious. They were a ton of fun and we really have a great time together. Obviously, I can't stop talking about them. In fact, we're throwing a birthday party, pizza party thing later today for one of my friends whose birthday it is today, so we're all getting together. You know, the other thing about being gone for a month already is, if I'm being honest, I've started to get a little bit homesick. Nothing too crazy, but there's certain things that I miss. I especially miss college football. I forgot how much I missed college football. I've missed three games from my beloved Iowa State Cyclones. I've been keeping updated on them via sports apps constantly whenever they're playing. I'm constantly hitting refresh trying to get the latest stats. Yesterday while I was studying, I was listening to the football game on the radio. I heard all the advertisements for all the local places, the corn farmers and the barbecues and all that stuff, and it really made me miss Iowa and the Midwest and Minnesota and all of that. I really, really missed it. It made me want to go back home, buy a truck, and move into a place way out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of a cornfield. I really, really miss it, but I wouldn't trade this for the world. I love it here. This is great. There's just certain things that I miss. One thing I also am surprised that I miss is Mexican food. I really miss Mexican food. I miss Chipotle. I miss Taco Bell. I miss that stuff. I mean, they have a couple taco places around here, but they're kind of far away, a little bit hard to get to, and they're not Chipotle or Taco Bell or anything like that. But I, I really miss those places. I don't I don't really know why. I just miss Mexican food. And who knows, maybe one of these days I'll make tacos or something to make myself feel better. But I also really miss the local places in Ames. There's the Fighting Burrito down in Ames right across from campus. I really miss that place. <laughs> Similar to Chipotle, but it's still a home style place and I really miss it. So the first thing I'm doing when I get back to Ames, I know is I'm going to the Fighting Burrito for lunch and Jeff's Pizza for dinner. I already know that's what I'm going to do as soon as I get to Ames. But anyway, that's that's 11 months away. So I did get one question from you guys. I want to answer it before I talk a little bit more about another thing I want to talk about. I was asked about the churches here in Delft. So in Delft specifically, there 
are two main churches. There's Udikirk, which is the old church, if you will. It was nicknamed Old John, and it was finished in about 1325, 1350, and Here's the perfect example. There is no 4G here. There's 3G for like a cellular provider. There's 3G. There's no 4G. There's no 4G LTE. 
it actually takes 30 seconds for your page to load. Of course, for me, I got a little bit frustrated at first. I fell into that American needing to get it now, you know, but after a while, I kind of got more used to it. I've been more calm. Take, for example, the supermarkets that we have in the States. They're enormous. The supermarkets, the grocery stores, they're huge. It's funny, I was with my Spanish friends one of the first weeks, and one of my friends commented, oh, this grocery store? This place is enormous. This local grocery store here in the Netherlands, in Delft. And I said, this is tiny compared to what we have in the States. She said, really? I said, yeah, this whole place is probably the size of like the refrigerated sections of the grocery stores. She's like, how do you find everything? We say, sometimes it takes us 30 to 45 minutes to get in and out of a grocery store. She's like, well, you buy so much food. What do you do? And I said, well, we have our cars. We put the bags in our cars and we drive home. <laughs> And that was so crazy to them. They don't rely on cars as much as we do. So they have a backpack or a, something like a bag and they'll put it on their bike and they'll have a week's worth of groceries that they put in there. They don't stock up for winter and not go to the grocery store for three weeks. You know, it's it's not like that. So that's a bit of a culture shock. It's a lot slower here. You know, and it's not like people are being inconsiderate. They're not standing in the middle of an intersection just being a pain, they're just different. By American standards, we would be saying, get out of the way, what are you doing, blah, blah, blah. Here, it's fine, really. Nobody is in a rush. Everybody's just kind of walking. And it's not like they're chill. It's not like they don't care. Like, if they have a place to go, they're walking there. But nobody gets impatient. And people have even looked at me for cutting around, a, you know, some older, slower person walking in front of me on the sidewalk. I'll go around them and people kind of look like, what? his big rush, you know what I mean? It's just different. So that whole instant gratification thing is a different perspective here, and we don't have it. They actually take time and appreciate the time they have, rather than working their life away or needing to get something now, even if it does or doesn't matter. So that was the first thing. So the last thing I want to talk about is kind of for me. I know that this is a travel kind of a podcast and it's about my experiences, but I am an aerospace engineer at heart. And I do need to talk a little bit about something that happened this week. If you've been keeping up with the news, you are aware Cassini, the space satellite that we sent to Saturn about 20 years ago, finally took its final dive and crashed into Saturn and burned up in the atmosphere. Cassini has been orbiting Saturn for about 12 years. It took about 21, 22 orbits around Saturn, if I'm not mistaken. 22 times it dipped between the planet and her rings and took amazing pictures, gathered incredible data, and so many things happened as a result of this spacecraft and as a result of the discoveries made by Cassini. Cassini was one of the first satellites to use a form of gravity slingshot, if you will. Basically, a satellite uses the gravity of another planet or large body to redirect itself and to use the gravity field as a slingshot with the acceleration force and then leaves the gravitational force of that planet and increases velocity in that new direction. So it's kind of like a free acceleration, if you will. It doesn't really require 
require any power. It just relies on doing it properly. Cassini was one of the first satellites to do this because by current technological standards, if we didn't use like the slingshot, we don't have the power to launch a spacecraft to a planet beyond Jupiter. If we wanted to go to a planet beyond Jupiter, we couldn't do it without this process. And Cassini was the first to use that. Now, granted, you may ask about the Voyagers 1 and 2. Those were not sent to planets. Those were sent out of the solar system. So those are different. That's an exception. We can't really send those to a planet because of the gravitational forces. And those were sent outside of the gravitational forces of other planets in the solar system. So we were able to send them farther. But if we wanted to go to a planet, we would have to dodge the gravitational forces of other planets in order to get there. And because of that, the farthest we can go without this process is Jupiter. But I digress. So, but Cassini was interesting because it brought us these colors and beautiful images and it really brought life to the planet, both figuratively and almost literally, on one of the moons, Titan, we discovered methane lakes. We discovered flowing methane, which is a possible sign that there could possibly be life on Titan. Now, the big thing that NASA is saying right now, or at least what they said when I watched them lose radio contact, which was on Friday, my time, it was about two o'clock in the afternoon, they said, we need to go back because there are so many things that have been discovered thanks to Cassini and we have so many new questions that we have to ask ourselves that we need to discover. So I can already tell that NASA wants to go back, which I'm super excited about. Also, NASA put out an ebook talking about Saturn and talking about what Cassini discovered about Saturn. They gave out the, it's free to download. They have it as a PDF. It's all open source. I downloaded it. You can get it at nasa.gov slash ebooks, which is where I got it, and it's great. It's beautiful. It looks fantastic. They did a really good job with it. It's easy to understand. It's really incredible. So in case you were wondering, yes, it was the plan all along for Cassini to crash into Saturn. There was really no way to save it. Even when they were designing the spacecraft, we knew that's what was going to happen. Ultimately, because of the gravitational forces of Saturn, there was really no way to just keep it in orbit around the planet because it's so hard to judge where to put it because of the rings. We don't want it getting messed up by debris. You can't really keep something like that. Plus, the batteries were going to wear out because at that point they didn't put solar panels on the satellite because we didn't know what types of space debris we were going to run into on the journey over there. And they actually said in the broadcast that I watched that the thing ran on basically about half the amount of power it takes to run a hairdryer. This thing was running on fumes. And you have to remember, when this thing was designed, it was designed back in the 80s and 90s. So think about this. The first flip phone was made by Motorola. The MicroTAC was the first analog flip phone that sold for thousands of dollars. And it was released in 1989. Think about the battery that was in that. That's the same era of batteries that that Cassini spacecraft was running on because that's when it was designed. <laughs> Think about where we've gone with battery technology in the past 
five years. Think about the first iPhone to the newest iPhone that they just had the press release for. Think about the battery life in 10 years. Now think about it in 25 years. So this thing wasn't going to last forever. So that's why we had to crash it into Saturn. That, and we didn't want to run it into any moons to disturb any of the possible life that could be there. So they decided to send the trajectory so it would burn up in the atmosphere of Saturn. I remember watching it and almost welling up because there were so many people involved in that project. They were interviewing people and this person was like, yeah, I've been part of the project since Cassini was being first built and they were first making the pitches for it and I was part of the design group that did the communications antenna or whatever and oh yeah, I'm new to the project. I've been here for about three years and now I have the job of making sure that the thrusters work correctly for the last 30 seconds of Cassini's flight so that it points the antenna towards Earth and sends as much data as it can before it bursts into flames. You know, it was really neat. I say this sometimes. This was their Super Bowl. You know, this was a big deal for them. I know, personally speaking, I know I can't throw a football, but I can do multivariable calculus, you know? <laughs> I, I have certain skills that other people don't have and other people have skills that I don't have. You know, that's just humanity. That's the way it is. For someone like me, who is more of a technology guy, more of a space guy, the guy that can do the math, that's my Super Bowl. You know, that's, that's my big event that I want to get to. And seeing somebody finally win the Super Bowl, that was really cool because I was born around the time when they were first launching these satellites. You know, the Voyagers and Cassini was launched in 1997, if I'm not mistaken. So I haven't really lived to see a lot of satellites go out and discover these new planets and these new worlds, but I see their results, and that's really neat for me. Anyway, thank you guys for bearing with me. Thank you guys for listening so much. I will talk to you guys next week. I may do the podcast on Monday because if you've been keeping track this weekend, I will be in Munich for Oktoberfest, so I will keep you guys posted. There will be pictures. There will be a ton of pictures. I promise you this is going to be amazing. This is going to be so great. I'm really, really, really excited. Keep your eyes out for that stuff. I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great week this week. I will talk to you next week.